0: Uh so my name's Ruth and I don't want to drink today. Um I, my home group is sure it works for you uh online and I see a few familiar faces, so thank you for coming. I don't know if you come to this group otherwise, but I'd like to think you're here to see me. Um <laughs> anyways, how long do I got? Twenty minutes, right? Is that max? Pretty pretty open Yeah. Just okay. <laughs> I just like to set a timer so I can like um so uh um I'm coming up on a sobriety date. Uh my I guess I'm a little nervous. Just give me a sec. All right. Um, so I have 17 years sobriety. Um, I came in TA when I was when I was first exposed, I was very young. Um, I was thirteen when I came to my first Alotine meeting, and I was sixteen when I was court ordered for a DWI, um shortly after being emancipated. So um I wanted to focus today a little bit more on um just how I work the steps. I think every time I'm coming up on an anniversary, a sobriety anniversary next month, and I always get in this like reflective state. And um I think one of the things that's worked for me over the years is is to continue to kind of take an inventory of how my program is working for me. You know, what worked for me a year ago or ten years ago might not work for me today. Um there's certain things that are steadfast and true. And I'd say the, the thing that's always worked for me is connecting with others, finding a way to connect with others. Alcoholism, my alcoholism, um, it, it warped my perception. And so it prevented me from able to connect authentically with other people. And that kept me sick for a long time. And it kept me sick even in sobriety, um, for, for a period. The good, the good news is, is if for me, anyways, my experience is that. Uh, when I kept coming around AA, um, and kept putting myself around people, it's kind of that quantity versus quality. I did it enough that I was able to kind of break down some of these barriers and, um, start working some of these steps. So, uh, I, when I came in, I did work AA kind of like the traditional way. Um, I first started regularly attending meetings in the 90s. So it was 96 when I first came in and I was pretty young and, um, there was not a lot of females where I was and I went through a lot of sponsors. I, cause they said women sponsor women and men sponsor men. That's how the traditional way it was, at least where I'm from. And, you know, there'd be one woman for every 35 men. And so whether she had a good program or not, she'd just be your sponsor. <laughs> and, um, I had a sponsor that stabbed one of my friend's dads at 35 year sobriety. Um, I had a sponsor kill herself. I had to sponsor Relapse, who I then later ended up sponsoring, you know. So I guess my point even bringing that up is there there is like it, sobriety isn't a hierarchy. You don't get to a point and then like, oh, I'm healthy because I have this much sobriety. You can be, you can work really good program and have great sobriety and a deep and meaningful life and give back at very low amounts of sobriety. And you can be sober a long time and not be a very happy person or not be a very productive member of society. So, I guess, having my early experience with that in traditional AA, um, while I knew that I needed other people to stay sober, I wasn't so sure that I always wanted to be around those people. So, I would have these intermittent, you know, I'd go off and do something else, go join a church, go do whatever. Um, Almost inevitably, I would relapse, and then I'd burn my life down again, and I'd find myself back in the rooms. Um, So, that's kind of my, like, I spent, what, eight years around AA trying to get sober. I spent the last two years of that eight-year period really wanting to be sober, um, not being able to. Coming to meetings drunk, not understanding why I could wake up with the best of intentions and then something would happen and I would end up drunk, and you know, when people are chronic relapsers, I really have a a soft spot in my heart for you, and all I can say is just keep coming, just keep trying, because I don't know what the magic button was for me. I don't know why my last drug was my last drunk. it was relatively uneventful compare, compared to my prior, you know, downfalls with alcohol. Um, but what was really different was how quickly I got involved with other people and how quickly I went to AA. I went to three A meetings a day for like months and that's what I needed. I just needed to be around people and connect. I feel like, uh, I missed that day in school, you know, where to play well with others and AA kind of helped me bridge that gap. So. To try and give some focus, I wrote down this morning before I, I really had coffee, so I don't know how great it'll be, but I wrote down kind of my today interpretation of the steps, just short, rewritten for me. Um so I have one as we admitted we were powerless over alcohol and that it has warped our senses of reality. Um, I think for me that was really true. I could be on the top of the heap or the bottom of the heap, but I could not live in just regular world. I always had just something in conflict and um my alcoholism just it it prevents me from seeing reality so step two came to believe that a power outside of ourselves that is stronger than alcohol um and that i would and that we are worthy of sobriety i think when i first came into a i always say step one is what got me here that's what got me like i needed to get my card signed i'm an alcoholic i shit happens when i drink what kept me here is step two Not so much the God piece. I'm an atheist, whatever. But I could not stay sober on myself. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I tried multiple times. And so I needed something else. And that AA group, that was that. The other part of that, and when I think in the original step, it says, came to believe, you know, could restore us to sanity. um, That that wording was a little rough to me because I I was so young. I didn't have this life that I lost. I just grew up in craziness. Um, But I... Uh, how I interpret it is this will work for you You, this this program I see it working it works for other people, but it's not going to work for me and here's why and I had these ideas of chronic uniqueness that I was too far gone or too whatever. And so for me really believing that I am worthy of sobriety that this this will and can work um, for anyone that that puts in that you know that wants it really. So that's my little version of step two step three made a decision to seek help with the things, or made a decision to seek help, the help we need to heal our bodies and minds. This is a huge one for me um, because when I, 11 months into sobriety, I had a trauma that really effed me up. And I i had really, mental, I had a lot of mental health problems, a lot of mental health problems. I was sleeping in my car, I was keeping food in my pockets, I couldn't function, I was working like four hours a day in a warehouse because that's all I could manage doing was moving boxes. And um, part of, you know, it's the original step three is made a decision to turn our will and our lives with the care of God as we understood Him. Well, I mean, how, turning something over to some entity isn't isn't going to get me a mental health need, health need. You know, my needs met. It's not going to drive my ass to an AA meeting. You know, it's I have to make decisions in my day to day life to do the things that I know I need to do, or to be open to suggestions and One of the things that I've been kind of working with lately, an analogy I really like, is uh, kind of thinking of a higher power as my GPS. So in this context for step three, um, I don't don't believe, you know, Jesus, take the wheel or anything like that. I do believe that I will run on my defaults all the time. I will always do the path of least resistance. And a very literal example of this is we had a road that was like to get to my house that is no longer there. They literally blew up the road. And you can't drive there and that does not stop me for months getting off on the wrong exit because I'm gonna go down this road because I still think it's there like that that's my default and to combat this I do things like tell my husband like hey remind me there's no road there or you know write a note there's no road leave five minutes early it's gonna take you longer to get the kids from school or um, some one time I even had to put on the GPS because I I didn't have time to waste I needed to get where I was going and I couldn't have this weird detour where I'm thinking there's a road and there isn't one. So I like to kind of think today as um using a higher power is like using GPS. Anything that I'm going to use where I'm going to believe that you know where you're going or where to help me reach my destination, whether that be my mental health, my physical health, my spiritual health. You know, somebody knows how to do this and they can offer me directions and I it's up to me to be willing to take it. Um step 4, uh made an inventory of the times we violated our own morals, ethics and virtues so i was in conflict a lot i didn't even the first time i did my four step i don't even think i felt bad for half of the stuff i wrote down it was just like you're not supposed to steal i stole a lot i guess that goes on my list like i i was not in touch with what my my values were and they certainly didn't match my sponsors because i (laughs) want i'm not going to sidetrack i got stories but (laughs) um anyways uh and and as it made clear through time and working the steps, it's like write the shit down that's gonna get you drunk. Write down the things that you're like, man, I wish that didn't happen, or it, it just keeps, you know, the stuff that kept popping into my head. And sometimes it was like a place, like I'd drive by my school that I dropped out of as a kid, and and I'd feel bad about that. And it, it wasn't the school itself; it's the fact that I I didn't finish something. I had this the shame, you know, I I wasn't educated. Um, which by the way, I did get my college degree in sobriety, so it does work, and you can do amazing things, but. Um, so writing down that inventory, just however that looks, you can do, you know, columns or however, whatever works. But at the end of the day, for me, it was writing on the stuff that were, that were renting space in my head, whatever that was. Then step five, share this inventory with another person with an open mind and heart. You know, sharing it with another person who I, for me, it was my sponsor who could care less. Um, she was very underwhelmed, I think, and that's fine. That was the kind of humility shot I needed. I thought I had a really, um, you know, adventurous drunk log, and turns out I'm just a run-of-the-mill, normal, average alcoholic. So, um, but to get all that stuff outside of me, I didn't have to own it anymore. It was, go- it was gone. All that, all that power it had over me, being inside me, gone. So then, step, um, step six, made a decision to rewrite the default behavior that caused ourselves and others harm. You know, the original step six is, I, I, whatever. Um, the shortcomings one. i can't even remember how it is right now but um for for me being able to just see it for what it is a lot of these behaviors worked when i was younger they worked when i was drinking guess what they don't work for me today and i'm gonna make mistakes and and i gotta have some grace with myself that hey you know i was taught to do these things by life and now i want a different life so i have to do things differently and that means all sorts of things and when when I'm aware of them, I got to take action. I can't just be like, oh, well, that's just the way I am. You know, <laughs> you know, how I how I how I am is a drunk, a self-destructive drunk. So if I want to be something different, I got to change all those defaults. And then um step seven. This one I kind of like how I think of it today. Share our struggles with others and strive to live in the solution. So this is the one where it's like, humbly ask God to remove our shortcomings. You know. We're all going to make mistakes. And to me, the power and the healing comes in sharing that, you know, I can tell you lots of ways not to work the steps. <laughs> and that can be helpful. You know, it's, it's nice to hear what works too. But um when I make a mistake, when I do something, you know, I, I don't have to own it alone anymore, whatever it is. Um, And then step eight made a list of all people, places and institutions we have harmed by our actions or inactions. That's pretty self-explanatory. Nine made restitution in every area possible, except when to do so would cause more harm to others. I think there's always a way to make restitution. Um, I always like the example. A lot of people, at least for me, um when I came in, I had a lot of I had a lot of lovers in my past life and um I thought that they needed to hear how sorry I was for whatever. And it was very helpful for me to have a sponsor saying, you know how you can make amends by leaving them F alone. Like you didn't bring anything good to their life. Sometimes your absence is the best gift. So working with somebody else, like any of these steps or any of these things in this program, having someone to, to run these things by is super helpful. Um, because I can, I can have some really good ideas, uh, that sound pretty dumb the moment I, they come out of my mouth, but. Um, so then step 10, continue to create new default behaviors and have grace with myself and others who fall short. So, you know, continually looking back on what are these things that I want to do differently? How do I, how can I be better? Um, I mean, that's, we're all just humans, right? You know, so, um, step 11, this one is pretty important to me today. I'd say with three, this is probably the one that's like in the front of my mind, which again, might be kind of weird for an atheist, but. Uh, Sought through self-reflection and meditation to connect with the world around us, striving always to be of maximum service to others. You know, I think of um when I was drinking or in early sobriety, I could not pause. My mind was always so busy. I couldn't stop thinking. I couldn't stop talking. I couldn't stop moving, whatever. Um, Meditation gave me the ability to pause and to be able to recognize moments where pausing is helpful. And whether that's just a few deep breaths in the car, or whatever, I can reclaim that power at any point during my life. And doing that allows me to be present. And if I'm present, I can see what's in front of me. And it's the right thing to do is usually pretty clear. You know, I can help someone. I can do something helpful. I can be productive, whatever that is. But none of that's going to happen or even be known to me if I can't be present. And that comes through meditation. And a lot of my meditation throughout the day is uh, breathing and then a lot of my self-reflection i have like a series of mantras i write my own mantras i write um, i do all sorts of practices sometimes i paint whatever it is to to get all parts of myself connected um, so i can show up to be the best version of myself and then step 12 um, once we have overcome our struggle with alcohol and found freedom in a new life we're open to sharing our experience strength and hope with others so that we may keep this new life by giving it away and You know that's why i'm here i guess is uh you know i really like my life today i have a life that i can't even believe i feel so ridiculously blessed it's like i'm almost embarrassed to share you know how good my life is in comparison to where i came from and if you you know know me and you know all the nuances like things like this morning i woke up in a bed a bed with an electric blanket it's 45 below zero right now outside I have two little children sitting next to me that are warm, snug, a bug. Our heat got cut down in the middle of the night because I have these energy surges and the electric company controls our thermostat, and it was fine. Didn't even notice, you know. My dogs won't go outside, but besides that, it's just a regular morning in our household. There are so many different experiences I've had in the past where weather was a huge variable in how I lived my life, and today it's like, oh, I guess we're not going to the park today, you know. Just something that little, I can find the gratitude in that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that, but that's why I have notes, try to keep me on track. Um, I have a few mantras that I want to share that work for me in different periods of my life, along with that self reflection and kind of theme of moving forward. Um, these are things that, so I'm going to, I'm going to back up a minute. Somebody once told me, that God is whatever you think about when you first wake up and that made a lot of sense to me because for many years what I thought about when I first woke up was drinking so drinking alcohol was my God simple got that all right you take that away what's left what am I going to think about I tried just thinking about me that didn't work very well um and I tried you know lots of things have been God for me over over my life so today I try and have very Clear thoughts, right right when I'm conscious and I and I've done it so long that it's almost comes intuitively now. I I don't have to put in much effort. One of the words that comes into my mind the most often is bonus. I get to be here today. Bonus. This is all bonus. You know, my life should have come out a lot differently than it did. Yet here I am, you know, bonus. So that's a mantra word I use. Um another thing I like to tell myself is life will go on with or without you. That's a pretty easy thing for me to think about, especially with young kids, doesn't matter if I'm sick, doesn't matter if I don't feel good, doesn't matter if my foot hurts, doesn't matter if I'm sad, these kids are going to wake up, they're going to want food, they're going to want whatever, um, they're kids. And that's just a very clear in the moment example. of all life goes on with or without me, I can be a part of life or I can, I can retreat inside myself. It's a choice. And I have that choice every single day. Um, another one that I like in my more reflective moments is the measure of a good life is a good death. I've been around AA long enough and, uh, you know, met enough people that I've seen a lot of bad deaths. I've seen (laughs) too many bad deaths in AA, but I've also seen a lot of good ones. We had a friend pass recently who knew she was passing, um, wrote up a series of Facebook posts to haunt her um, sponsees, you know, died peacefully surrounded by one she loved, left a legacy in AA, left family members who love and smile when they talk about her. You know, that's some really cool stuff. And and I've seen enough of that to be like, that's out there for me. That's what I want. How do I get that? I live a good life every day. I don't leave loose ends. You know, if I can resolve something today, I do it. And I find time to just connect. That's that's why I'm here, right? Um, Another thing is, uh, this one saved me a lot, especially with some of my mental health stuff. Um, Look up. Not look up to God, not look up to the heavens. Just literally look up. Whenever I'm stressed, usually in waiting rooms, I don't know how many waiting rooms I've been in like, oh, no, what's the doctor gonna say or whatever. Look up. I'm amazed at how much beautiful architecture there is in the world, how many things you'll see on the ceiling, how many little random bugs you'll see in the middle of winter just clinging on or whatever, you know, there's, there's so much just look up our world, my world, my disease alcoholism. Messes with my perception in so many ways my perception of reality and just where I literally look so looking up changes that it Challenges it and it reminds me that this world is a lot bigger than I know and if I'm not willing to look around to it I might miss some so um Another thing is uh when in doubt do nothing Um I like that. I think first three years of my sobriety Probably hinged on this. There's lots of things, you know Later in life, when I, when I had more skills, I can say, Oh, whatever problem I talk or I do this or I write or these are all things I learned. When I first was learning, just do nothing. Just wait. (laughs) Whatever, whatever decision that needs to be made right then probably doesn't need to be made. And the more urgent it feels, the probably more likely it is that you shouldn't make a decision. Um, at least for me. So that's been my experience. And, uh, I guess I have two more. Um, it's okay to be angry, not to be hurtful. And I say that a lot to my children. It's okay to be pissed off. It's okay to want to go, oh, there's my timer. I'll wrap it up here. Um, you know, it's okay to be pissed off and take my aggressions out of a pillow or whatever. I can be angry about anything. I'm, I have that right. It's not okay for me to transport that anger onto somebody else. And um, that's something I still work with, you know. I have PTSD. I get triggered occasionally. And, and it's, it's ugly when I get triggered. And you know what I can do? I can walk away. I can walk away. And that's a choice I have, even in those most heated moments, um, where it's fight or flight and my body feels, you know, whatever, I, I have a choice today. And probably my one of my more favorite ones that, um, well, my last one, I guess, is just slow down. For me, there's a girl, Marsha, that says she's a hummingbird on Red Bull. And I love that analogy because that's like, that's me. Like, I'm I'm in a big hurry to get nowhere. Like, Everything I wanted to do all the steps in 12 weeks. I want to, you know, I want to, I want to win. I want to get there. I want to be done because I have more important shit to do. And that's, that's not true. That's <laughs> not true. I have nowhere to be. I have nothing to do. I just have to be here, be me, be the best I can be right now in this moment and slow down. I used to wear a little, um, sloth necklace to remind me, you know, just slow down. So, um, those are, those are kind of all my thoughts all jumbled together and, uh, you know, it really means a lot to me to be able to come and be with you people online. You know, I don't, I don't know many of you. We're in different parts of the world. You know, we just we, this program is so big and all inclusive that we can find these commonalities, and I think that's so beautiful. So, I love you all. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me, and I'm done talking.